This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Combine Podcast. What is happening everyone, welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. It's Mick uh, once again and I'm joined today by Chef Dave Critchley. Dave, how are you doing? I'm very good, Mick, how are you? Yeah, yeah, sounds. Uh, just getting a nice little glimpse of the... Um, the work, the work attire, and the work background, and that. Yeah, we're in the food lab at Luban Restaurant at the moment. Yeah, I've just been doing a, a cook-off this afternoon. Uh, just done, just in time for the podcast. So, uh, yeah, excited oh, nice. to be here. Nice one, appreciate it. Yeah, we'll get on to Luban um, a bit later. But just wanted to like basically just start start at the beginning, basically, and how you how you got into the um, into the chef world and all that. It's a long, long, long time ago now that me. <laughs> <laughs> At the age of 15, uh, yeah, I just went to my local pub, a halfway house in Chilwell, big football pub there actually, um, and asked for a job for the weekend, a Saturday, Sunday job, just for a bit of money in my back pocket. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I stayed there um, while I was in school. Right the way through my GCSEs, um, then A levels. I was still working at weekends, and I went to college to go and do art, uh, art foundation course. But I was still at the pub every weekend. Um, and by this point, I'm kind of like 19. Um, effectively, just running the pub, the kitchen on my two days that I would work a Saturday, Sunday. And um, yeah, then I went to university out in Wales. What I wanted to do was um, illustration and graphics. So I went out to Wales to study there in North Wales, but I was still traveling back every weekend to work in the pub and running the pub. Um, certainly the kitchen side of the pub when I come back. Uh, I finished university um, and there was no jobs in graphics or illustration anywhere in the UK. So it was pretty simple for me just to drop straight back into the kitchens full time until some jobs came up. Obviously, that was the plan. But as you can see, uh, <laughs> a good few years later, I've never went back to illustration. Um, I've remained in kitchens. 
uh, I moved on. I moved uh, around, certainly in the northwest, mainly Liverpool, a little bit of Manchester, Magal, Ormskirk. Um, just trying to work in the best places I could and keep learning. Got all my qualifications on the job. And, uh, yeah, never really looked back, to be honest. Um, just fell in love with kitchens from day one. Uh, the, the, the absolute carnage that happens in kitchens and the absolute, like, craziness that happens in hospitality. You either love it or hate it. And I was one of them that just instantly fell in love with it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I still I still get to be creative. I still get to create dishes. My art is all on the plates now. So, um, yeah, that was a yeah, good long time ago that now. I've been doing this next year. It'll be my 25th year in hospitality. So, yeah. I know I don't look that young. I'm that old, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say, because, like, for me sins, I, I, I spent fucking six years at Weatherspoon, so I know that yeah. just like a small, small part of my life was doing that. So I know I know how hard it, I wasn't in the kitchen, I was doing like bar stuff, but like yeah. food and like all that stuff. I know how hard that is, like for a small period, and obviously not on the same level as, as you, but yeah, it's hard graph. So the fact that you've stuck through it and you've got to where you are, that's just a testament, like to the hard work and the, and the dedication as well, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's three things you just have to have in abundance is a, is a great work ethic, hard work and um, and a dedication to it. Because, yeah, you, you give up you give up everything. You give up a life. You give up your weekends. You give up Christmases, birthdays, Valentines. Any day when most normal people are celebrating or enjoying themselves, you're not because you're helping them to celebrate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot, missed, missed a lot over those years, but as I said, you put the hard work in, eventually it should pay off. Yeah, and, and you just said, like, on the degree, so was it a um, children's book illustration degree, yeah, was it? Yeah, that it was? So that's, pretty, that's pretty cool, though. It's, it's, yeah, it is cool. It's niche as well. There was only one place in the entire country doing it. It just happened to be Wrexham, which is, um, yeah, that's a whole other podcast, that Wrexham. <laughs> 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 Fucking yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to. Yeah, that was crazy, crazy times living in Wrexham. Um, I used to play play footy up there as well for the university, and that was that was mental. That was again probably probably for another podcast. That, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it and hated it in equal measures. Wrexham, I was I was happy to come back again to Liverpool. Um, but yeah, children's book illustration. I, I eventually, when I get too old for this, would like to do something. Uh, combining the two together maybe there's a kid's book on the way uh we'll see yeah we will see oh, that sounds yeah that sounds perfect to be fair um but yeah just you mentioned like um luban and stuff um i just wanted to like so i've i've, I've done my research this is off the bbc website though so i've got this might not be in order though so i just wanted to f- um so this so alma de cuba and australasia were they so Alma de Cuba first, but then you went to Australasia after that. Yeah, so I did. I did Alma Cuba. I was there for about seven years, to be honest. Um, not just in Alma de Cuba itself, but we had uh, several different sites at the time. So worked my way up, kind of from junior to. Before that, I took my first head chef job at twenty three on Lark Lane. Um, it's probably a bit too soon for me, and it, I was I nearly killed myself there. Not literally, sorry guys, but I mean. I worked myself into the ground. I was working every single day. I must have been about six stone. Do you know what I mean? I <laughs> lost loads of weight. Yeah. Work, 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 work. Trying to make something special. On my first head chef job, I wanted to make an impression. 
Um, eventually decided, yeah, after about a year there, that it, it, I needed I needed something else. I needed a change. I needed to step back a little bit. So uh, I went to Armada Cuba, which at the time was one of Liverpool's best restaurants. Uh, used to win awards every year. Uh, fantastic, fresh Cuban-style food I'd never seen before. So I went there as like junior sous chef. Um, I worked my way back up the ranks again. So I took a step back so I could learn more again. Um, yeah, I worked my way up, up to head chef at Alma de Cuba. Um, and for those that haven't been, most people in Liverpool know it, but it's a beautiful old building converted to church, um, but really busy. I mean, you can have 800 people downstairs in the bar. You can have several hundred people upstairs at once, do you know what I mean, eating in the restaurant. So, uh, and it was really good. Um, I then went with that same company and went and opened up a few other restaurants for them. So I would be their head chef in the Noble House, which was where the Alchemist is now on Water Street. Uh, we had a place in Formby, we opened that. Um, and we had the Dovedale Towers, was the same company. Uh, Dan Allerton Ways, uh, I think that was it. Negresco as well on Lark Lane. So we had, there was about four or five, five units at one point. Um, I did about seven years for them. Um, and then I went to the London Carriage Works. So I took over from Mr. Paul Askew. Uh, he'd been there for about 10 years. And then he was wanting to go and open the art school. And I took over from him at the Carriage Works, was there for four years. And then I thought I'd kind of hit a ceiling in Liverpool. There was nowhere else for me to really move on to. I always wanted to progress. I always wanted to learn more, push myself. So I uh, went out as far as Manchester. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a 62, off to Manchester, Australasia. It was a big Asian, Pan-Asian, Japanese-themed restaurant. Really beautiful restaurant. You should go if you ever get the chance. It's just, yeah, still a stunning restaurant now. Um, yeah, did a couple of years there for them, and then I got the phone call from um, from Luban, and that was a yeah a life changing phone call. Initially, it went something like this: Hi, it's uh, such and such. We are opening a Chinese restaurant in Liverpool. Would you like to head it up? To which I just said, No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm all right. So thank you, because there is a connotation. There is a, um, there's a, there's a, a kind of notion of what Chinese food is in this country, um, and it's it's completely wrong. But it's what we know. It's what we've grown up on. So, uh, and at the time, I was like, why would I want to go and do that? Anyway, once the project was spelled out to me, um, I had to sign sign on the dotted line. I was come back to Liverpool, open. Um, this beautiful restaurant that we have here, £1.8 million restaurant, uh, top of the range kitchen. But apart from that, it was you're going to go out to China, you're going to spend time in China, you're going to study with some of the top chefs in that region, you're going to experience the culture, the language, the food, and you're going to bring that back to the UK. That's what we're about. We're not just a normal Chinese restaurant that everyone thinks. This is what we're going to be doing. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Definitely doing that. That's just something that never really happens for a chef. They're not someone saying, we'll just fly you out to another country and you go and just take it all in, see it all, experience it all. It's just, yeah, chance in a million, one in a million. So, um, yeah, so we did that. And, uh, yeah, here we are now today. So, yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, and just like on the... Cause... I obviously watched the um, when you were on Paddy's um, 
pod that was that was a belter that uh and just talking about like you going out to china and stuff and that that just sounded amazing like just having the opportunity to go and like just experience like their way of life and stuff that must have been amazing yeah i mean just life-changing you go there with certain preconceptions in your mind and they're just blown out the water when you get to china um probably the same in every country in the world we all think we know and we just don't we've got no idea until you've been there and seen it and tasted it and smelled it and experienced it all yeah we're just completely clueless um yeah it's an incredible country uh really is just light years ahead of of us over here honestly you come back here and you're suddenly like oh wow <laughs> it's like the dark ages <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, beautiful it was. Um, great people out there as well. Made me feel like uh, an absolute king while I was out there. Um, but mainly was obviously the food experience, the kind of journey I went on out there was was phenomenal. Yeah, and like just like a, a scouse fella from Chilwell, and all of a sudden you're like cooking like this Chinese food. Like from like the from the initial conversation where you were like, nah, swear of that, I'm not gonna. Yeah do that to what to what you are now and just like the whole like being um master woo and all that like the the, the yeah. apprentice like being the um was it the final apprentice or whatever or something like yeah that? so yeah, yeah it's quite a big deal when it when you have a master of skills and that could be in martial arts or it could be in food or it could be in any of their arts their sacred arts that the chinese hold dear to them um and it's very much a bit of a mr miyagi thing here so i've got a, a teacher <laughs> yeah my my uh shifu my my teacher or my yeah um my master uh while i was out there he was my host for the three four weeks i was out there taking me around showing me things and uh, teaching me his dishes and then when i came home we had this amazing letter from master Wu saying how impressed he was with me <clears throat> uh, how eager I was to kind of learn and take things on and experience the culture. Uh, and he decided to make me his final apprentice, which basically means, yeah, um, to be made an apprentice of his is a big deal anyway. But in China, to be the final apprentice has a, has a kind of unique, it's a special level. So I'm the final one. I'm, I'm the last person he'll train before he kind of retires and hangs up his... Uh, his apron or whatever it is um and then all of his learning through his whole career will come to me be passed down to me so and as far as we're aware it's the first time a western has ever been invited into that kind of inner circle so my technical title is the world's first western apprentice to a chinese master chef bit of a mouthful but there you go and then uh, I'm, I'm training at the moment i'm hoping to complete my master chef qualifications shortly um which should make me the world's first non-Chinese Chinese master chef, which again, pretty cool. Just from some lad who started washing the dishes in Chilwell when he was fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, you'll have to um, you just have to have like see your name and then just like loads of little bits under it, like yeah, yeah, yeah final in, apprentice in Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's boss. Um, but yeah, just on. Just on um like I mentioned like the paddy um pod like just want to ask you like how the, what that was like was that uh, how was like how was paddy as a fella and I've been trying to get paddy on the pod I haven't I haven't quite got him on yet but like he just oh, seems yeah. like a is he the same as what what he is on like the telly and that I imagine he's the same isn't he yeah 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 I was gonna say you got no chance of getting him on now I know yeah no <laughs> he's chance he's globe trotting he's globe trotting uh yeah paddy we um i kind of met paddy a couple of years ago um 
and after his fights, he, he will come here. He'll come to Luban for something to eat. Um, we've done that for a few of his last few fights, um, but he's brilliant. And yeah, just really down to earth. So what you see is generally what you get with Paddy, which I just like that about him. Like literally, there's no ulterior motives or anything like that. It's just Paddy being Paddy. So yeah, the podcast was great. I think we chatted for hours on that. We were just chatting away about foods. Obviously, he loves his food. He's a big fan. <laughs> Do you right. Uh, have you yeah, ever seen? Yeah. Have you seen his? Um, he can eat. But we'll just leave it there. He can eat. Like yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I've saw, like, obviously his, his YouTube channel and, like, he'll, like, there's been, like, I watched one recently where he went over to Dublin and he was just, like, ordering, like, fucking, like, four mains, like, three starters, three desserts, and he was actually eating it all. And I was like, yeah, fucking, can't Pushing believe it. all away and you're, th- you're thinking there's no chance, no chance. <laughs> we just kept bringing food out and kept bringing food out. Um, and he was just putting it away until at one point he said, right, I'm okay now, I'm done. And I was just like, right, you know. <laughs> I am not surprised. But um, now, what's been nice to see is certainly recently how um, he's been using his platform for, uh, for for good, to talk about mental health, to talk about uh, men talking to each other and getting problems out. And I think that's brilliant. I and mean, I'm just seeing, like, he's taken over the world. And, um, yeah, I wish him every success because he's, he's a great lad. And, um, yeah, I think we're just starting to see... It's almost like I'm watching him grow up and it's dead nice to see, do you know what I mean? Like, actually just um, maturing and becoming this, yeah, like a really good a good fella, like, as well. So I wish him all the success. I've not got a bad word to say about Paddy. Oh, boss. Yeah, he's, he seems like just an absolute legend, just, like, calling people, like, lizards on, like, what, just yeah. after, he's, after he's beat someone. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. just properly earlier, you know? Yeah, he's a good lad. <laughs> Um, but just just on the back on the back of that, then. So when I was watching that um, that pod, and obviously that was probably like was it like six seven months ago? It was it was a couple of months ago, wasn't it? So when I watched it at the time, and I was as I was like watching it, I was like, like Dave should do his own podcast. That that was what I was thinking. Then I was getting into the comments, and people were saying the same thing. And I was like, like you just mentioned about like maybe combining your um your degree with the with the food as a yeah. as a podcast ever been ever been discussed maybe to do in the future um, yes i'm probably in i don't know the very the very start stages of like planning something so um there has been a couple of conversations um i don't know if you saw we had the have a word podcast guys did a takeover at luban restaurants that should yeah. be I think that's out this week actually that's going to be absolutely amazing. But uh, while we were filming that, I was speaking to Adam and just being like, right, just trying to get little snippets of information off him. Because if anyone's doing podcasts right, you know what I mean? They're smashing it at the moment, aren't they? So, um, and there's some fantastic local podcasts, yourselves included. There's, there's some great comedians, football ones, music ones. But I'm not really seeing any food ones, do you know what I mean? So... Um, so I do have a concept, and now it's just about bringing it together and see if it will work. So keep an eye out in 2023. I think January we'll film our pilot, and we'll see how we get on with it. But um, if you can imagine, yeah, uh, we'll probably sit down, have a few drinks, have something to eat, uh, and then we'll just be talking about all the kind of food challenges you see on TikTok and Instagram. We'll probably be getting people in to try them out. See how they go down. We'll probably go out and do some reviews, but um, in a slightly different format. So yeah, so there is plans. We'll see how the pilot goes down, and then 
if there is an interest and, and people are genuinely want to see it, then we'll, we'll do some more. <laughs> I'd be amazed if no one's interested in that. Because even just you saying that, that sounds amazing. Like I, I, we had, fun, um, yeah, we had. I chatted to Sam and Rimmer like yeah. recently, and he obviously he does his called grilling, where he he just gets he gets like other famous chefs on and just like talks food and stuff. And even that is just like so interesting to get an insight into like the mindset of like someone who's like all this hard work and they've got to a level where they're so good at what they do and and it's just yeah it's just it's just i just think it's fascinating so something like that where you're going out and you're, and you're doing challenges or whatever i don't know if you've seen um actually i think i saw this what's his name scouse ghetto gourmet didn't he yeah did, yeah yeah he's been a, by luban as well yeah he's been a couple of times yeah um he's, he's good he's good lad jerome as well so yeah um but i love i love collaborating with local people like this and just um I think it's only a good thing. I think if anything, lockdown and all that crap we put behind us um, taught us we have to work together. Like, and I just think collaborating with people like that, uh, it only helps your business. It helps them. It helps me. It helps the business. So yeah, love doing anything where we're joining different people together. So my idea will be, although I'm very much food hospitality led, there'll be guests from all different kind of spheres of life because everyone has food stories to talk about yeah. everybody is is that's probably one common denominator really <laughs> we all need to eat food to survive so everyone's going to have a phobia or yeah a, a food hell and a food heaven so that's what we'll be kind of delving into hopefully oh that sounds class and look i look forward to that one i'm sure if people are watching or listening they'll be looking forward to that as well that sounds that sounds class uh, but just just on you, you said there, you mentioned lockdown and stuff, and um, unfortunately that ties a little bit into Luban because obviously you you just started Luban, hadn't you? When when lockdown kind of kicked in, that must have been really really difficult. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd probably say the three years we've done here at Luban because we've literally just had our third birthday um, have been the toughest I've ever ever had to do in this industry in twenty five years. Um, literally. I'd say every single obstacle that we faced or we could have faced, we had to face it and we had to kind of work our way over it or around it or whatever. So, but it, it has shaped us massively. So it's a huge part of our history at Luban, to be fair. Um, I'd like to think that we did okay through lockdown. Like, uh, we survived and, um, you know, you said we're going to talk a little bit about the charity work we did and things like that. So we... We managed to, once we knew we were safe and secure, we managed to make a difference out in the community, which was a big deal for us. So, yeah, so much as I can resent those three years or the two years, sorry, we were in lockdown, a year and a half, I think it was, they did very much shape where Luban is now and uh, very much part of our history. So we can't can't ignore it, really. Yeah, it was, uh, we'll go back to the beginning. On that first day, we decided to close. I mean, it was... There was tears because we'd spent so long. We put so many hours into getting set up, to getting launched, to creating this presence, to, to this getting this brand new brand on the stage in Liverpool. And it was a, it's, I wouldn't say it was a gamble what we did, but what we brought to Liverpool was a whole new style of Chinese food that no one had ever seen before. So we were coming up against that already. The fact that people in Liverpool think they know Chinese food, and, and they do to an extent, but they've only seen one style of Chinese food, and that is the, the British westernised Scouse Chinese food. That's what you've seen. <laughs> 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 so 
when he comes to someone, they go, well, actually, it's not like that in China. This is what we're doing. Some people just don't get it and refuse to believe it. Uh, I was probably our first challenge was coming to Liverpool with something that everyone, it means a lot. Chinese food means a huge amount to Scousers. It's in our culture, it's in our history. Yeah. Um, Liverpool is Chinatown, do you know what I mean? We've got the oldest Chinese community in the Western world. We've got the biggest Chinese arch outside of China. The Chinese community is embedded in, in our kind of DNA here as Scousers. So, um, yeah, for us to go out to northern China and come back with this whole new style, um, difficult to begin with immediately, straight away, difficult. Um, then we went into our first Christmas, um, had a good couple of months, and then boom, the bottom fell out. COVID had spread around the world and it hit UK, and uh, we had to close the doors. And we just went into overdrive, really. Um, you one thing you'll get to know about me is I just don't sit down for long at all. I can't. I just need to be on the go, always doing something. Um, so first and foremost, I gathered the team together. We emptied out the fridges and freezers, and we went out into the community. And we dropped everything off to homeless shelters, food banks, wherever we could get the food in our fridges and freezers, we got it out to them. Um, and luckily, not luckily, but uh, people saw us doing that and copied suits. And so lots of donations started going out into the community, which was great. Uh, and then we kind of sat down for half a day and I was like, what can I do? I need to help somehow. I need to, I need to do something. Uh, it all started with a Facebook post. So... Uh, put a Facebook post out basically saying if you're struggling to get hold of anything, because you remember you couldn't even get toilet roll, you couldn't get sanitizer, you couldn't get gloves. There was all the pasta went, you know, you've got nothing. All the supermarkets just floundered, they weren't ready. You couldn't get delivery slots. It was just a mess, wasn't it? So, um, but I knew I had a phone book with all these guys in that delivered me my fish, my meat, my veg, my bread, my toilet rolls. I had them all on my phone. So I phoned them all up and said, if people need stuff, can you deliver to people's houses instead of going to restaurants? To which they were like, yes, we've got nowhere to go. We've got all this stock, like what are we going to do? Uh, so long story short, put a Facebook post out saying, if anyone needs any help, drop me a message. Here's my phone number. Um, I can help you out. I can get you sorted. My, <laughs> my phone didn't stop for like four days, solid, like, like 12, 13 hours a day. It was ringing. And I was calling and just writing stuff down, phoning suppliers, getting things dropped off. Um, <clears throat> and so I, at the end of that first week, I was like, I can't handle this. It's just too much. Yeah, yeah. So I organized myself. I got a website built. All the orders went through a website and they all shot out to all these different suppliers. Um, and it worked. And for a year and a half, we had LIDs. The LIDs, the Liverpool Independent Delivered Services, um, delivering... Uh, ingredients and products from 32 local businesses all the way out across Merseyside. Uh, we were looking after nursing homes, we were looking after um, yeah, nurses in community centres, we were looking after schools, uh, but mainly just delivering to people's houses that couldn't get anything, elderly people, uh, sick people who couldn't get out, uh, and just generally people who were enjoying buying local products and having them delivered to their doors. We managed to hire eight drivers i think it was in the end and these were taxi drivers and chauffeurs who had no work as well um i mean it was amazing we, we made it made a big difference made a lot of people happy um and delivered loads of stuff it was great fun 
busy, really busy. But it meant, it meant that we, as a team in here, all stayed in work, um, all helped out creating these boxes, getting the deliveries in, pushing them out. Uh, and that was really good. On the back of that, we also created uh, another business called the Wellfed Box, uh, Wellness Food Education, which effectively was a HelloFresh box, but for uh, underprivileged families and people without any money whatsoever. I would get the boxes sponsored and we'd get them delivered out across the Merseyside area as well. And that was really cool, working with LFC Red Neighbours and Everton in the community. Am I allowed to say that name on here, by the way? But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all for a good cause, and that's so it's fine. Yeah, of course, I'm <laughs> joking, but they, they were all great, and all these communities kind of came together, and all these um, yeah projects came together to get these boxes out to everyone. Um, on the back of that, we now have a registered charity called the Luban Foundation, which is all about education uh, for for young people, so children, uh, young adults, teaching them about uh, nutrition and food, basically, because just think there's a gap in, in people's education uh, about what they should be eating, why they should be eating it. Um, and um, yeah, we've continued that work right up until now. We've done something else. What did we do? Oh yeah, we raised, we raised, um, I wanted to feed children through lockdown because I was worried that the government had stopped meal vouchers, the school dinner vouchers. Uh, so through the holidays, we raised enough money to feed 5,000 children just from Luban as well, which wow. is mental, a mental time, yeah. Uh, at Christmas time, we we were making Christmas dinner boxes for people who might not be able to put a Christmas dinner on the table and ended up doing 570 families. So again, you're looking at kind of 2,500 people there that we fed. And it was all just from, yeah, getting donations from, it was, well, it was donations from all across the world. It was it was scousers living everywhere around the world, sending money back to Liverpool to make sure people were getting fed. And I thought it was just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal when it was happening. And I was watching donations coming in from like Canada, China, Spain, France, Italy, Ireland. And I was just like, what what is going on? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> Uh, but I was, it was a although it was a terrible, terrible time for everyone. I think you got to see the best. You got to see the absolute best in people as well. So it was an interesting time for us as well. And if anything, I think it really kind of kept Luban visual. So people were like, there's that knobhead from Luban doing something else. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sick of seeing his face now asking us for more money <laughs> to feed the kids and stuff. But um, no, it was really good. And we ended up winning awards for it, which was never never the intention, but always nice to be recognised for, for the hard work we put in. So... Um, but like I said, it really did bring the best out of people, I think. So, yeah, yeah, we did. We did a fair bit, didn't we? <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that sounds like about forty years of work that you've been yeah. doing in the past three. Yeah. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I sound, I'm, I, am knackered just listening to that amount of work that you've oh, been yeah. doing. <laughs> so much happened, know. honestly, that I, I can't remember so much of it. And everyone's going, "Oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that?" And I'm like, "No." Honestly, <laughs> Don't blame like, you. It's all. It's all a big blur because there's so much happening all at once. I was working round the clock right the way through lockdown. Um, yeah, it was just mental, absolutely mental. So, um, but yeah, all good, all good in the end. I think uh, the restaurant survived, um, the community survived, and then um, hopefully people are doing a bit better now than back then. 
yeah well it's yeah amazing amazing work that's like proper inspirational like just to, to do just to do stuff like that in a time when yeah the government's fail, failing and you need and someone needs to yeah step in i mean it, it shouldn't it shouldn't have came to that but the fact that you've you've done that dave that's just yeah amazing amazing work there's, there's like, one of them when you are looking around sometimes waiting for someone to do something and you're like yeah. come on there's, there's people with like bigger reach than me there's people with money i don't have money do you know what i mean but i was like why aren't you guys doing stuff and then i thought if you want to make a change it, it has to start with yourself so i just went for it on um and luckily, people kind of bandied around. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, he's doing something good here. Because I would have been a bit missed if it was just me on my own. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I think you'd still be boxing up those uh, dinners yeah, if it was just you. Yeah, <laughs> two years ago, yeah, still making them. Yeah, um, but like, luckily, luckily, my team here supported me. The restaurant team got behind me, and then and then the rest of the community around us, yeah, supported us and helped us out. So. Again, it was good to see. No, boss. And then just like um, you, you've obviously you mentioned winning awards, but like Luban's won um, a couple of awards as well recently, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So we've done uh, in May of this year. We just done our first full year because obviously, yeah. Although we opened three years ago, we've only actually had one full year of trade, um, and it's been pretty successful for us. Um, I'll come to the awards in a minute. We've managed to uh, we've had a few TV appearances. I've done Great British Menu two years running now. Uh, come down with me the professionals. We were on as well on Channel Four, a couple of Channel Five shows, um, a couple of little mini documentaries I filmed for Chinese TV as well, and that's all been really good in in keeping the brand alive and keeping it moving. Um, released a cookbook uh, in March or April, I think it might have come out released my first cookbook which was great um and then yeah the award ceremonies a few months ago uh firstly won at the tourism awards in liverpool best restaurant in liverpool which is obviously fantastic uh really grateful for the for the judges picking us um and then the one which really kind of caught us off guard was um we went through to like the national finals so the visit england awards this is the tourism board for the country um, voted us as the best restaurant in the country. So there we go. Um, that was a massive shock. I was not expecting to win that. Up against the likes of like Moore Hall and you know what I mean, two Michelin star ran down the road there and a, couple, a handful of other Michelin star restaurants. We were in the kind of finals with them. And it was us, little, little, little Lou Ban from Liverpool, do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, first time at Liverpool restaurants ever won that award, by the way. So wow. Uh, and just a huge deal. I think it's probably the first time a Chinese restaurant's ever won that award as well. So, yeah, a couple of firsts there. Really happy with that. Um, and then a handful of little awards, should we say. A couple of personal awards for myself, for bits and pieces I did through lockdown. But I'm more about, I'm more about the team. Um, so the restaurant one was the, was the big one for us, to win best restaurant in England. Uh, I still... Sorry, someone just tried to call me and I hung up. Oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was that was mind-blowing and, and just massively humbling because we put a lot of work in. We very nearly didn't survive. Um, but to be out on the other side of it and to win that award is huge. So, yeah, not a bad year all in, really. No, that sounds... And you mentioned before about the, um, the have a word stuff and I absolutely 
I can't get enough of that that shit. Like it's just they're just absolutely hilarious, aren't they? What was what was that like? That must have just been carnage. Oh, so we did first and foremost, we did um, Adam came and asked if he could do like a food special. Sorry, it was Carl. Carl said, Can we come and do a food special with you? And so I was like, right, okay, what does that involve? Um, and effectively it was they all have very strange gene patterns and phobias and stuff, and it was basically a play on them feed them weird and wonderful stuff and we'll just film all the reactions so you've not seen that um the food special oh my god it's in this room put it this way there was lots of sick buckets being needed um and i've never never laughed so much in my life i just couldn't i couldn't breathe i was just tears <laughs> pouring down my face and they hadn't even started yet it was because i knew what was coming um yeah Absolutely amazing. The guys are just so funny. Uh, Dan Nightingale and Adam just crap me up. I, I can't even look at the face without laughing, do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so we did that one first. That was phenomenal. Um, and then and then, and then they said, listen, we've got an idea for another special. Can we do a takeover? And I was just like, I'm going to regret this, but yeah, why not? Ever since... We've reopened our doors. I've been thinking outside the box. In fact, ever since we opened the doors for the first time through the pandemic and everything, I've had to be thinking outside the box. So I thought, you know what? What? Why not? Do you know what I mean? Let's let them come in. There's like 14, 15 comedians and well-known faces from across that kind of uh, that genre. Uh, they ran the bar. They ran the kitchen. They ran service out front. And that was just a bag of nerves at the back. Going, oh my God! Please, just don't. Just don't kill anyone and we'll be all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, it just went really well. Um, yeah, it was great fun. They sold out tickets in about 70 seconds, I think. They sold, yeah, they sold over nearly 80 seats in the restaurant. The tickets for in, in, in under, like just over a minute, I think they said it was. So I was like, wow. That's the power, the power of them. Uh, and yeah, people pay to come here, have a three-course meal, cocktails made by Adam and Carl on the bar. Yeah, uh, I had a team in the kitchen that I had basically an hour with to show them how to, I was going to say, how to run a service for 80 <laughs> people. And uh, yeah, with, with, with a little bit of help, they made it through and, and no one died and everyone had a great experience. So yeah, really funny, really funny. Yeah, we that's... can laugh now about it anyway. I've, I've, I've put it behind me now, and now I can laugh about it. On the day, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Always like two bottles of book fast down on the meat and fish section. Yeah, very <laughs> quick, just basically insulting anyone who came near him. Um, yeah. One of my chefs, Dean, who has a podcast, I've seen it, the Mild High Club. If you've not seen that, they basically just get absolutely smashed on various narcotics. Well, he did that basically. Um, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good fun. And then, um, yeah, Chef Akbar ran the pit and ran the pass as well. Ishan, he's brilliant. Um, it was mental, absolutely mental, but great fun. <laughs> I know. I'd, I'd just love to like see your face just in the background, just going, "Oh, fuck!" You're gonna see it. You're gonna yeah. see lots of that. Can't You're wait for that. Lots of clips of me going, "How's it going?" And basically, me just going. I, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> don't bear me, don't bear me restaurant down, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're still standing and it was great fun. So yeah, good. Really good. Oh my God. I can't, I can't wait to see that. Um, but yeah, just, just before we, um, 
just before we wrap up then dave uh, i don't want to take take all night even though no, i could just keep good. keep chatting all night about, about all different types of things <laughs> just wanted to just just talk about the um the, the charity stuff so you've been i saw it on twitter you're gonna you've been doing like 200 200 press-ups a day is it so that's yeah. that's an aid of charity and um and, and the Owen McVeigh Foundation as well, which is which is an amazing um, charity yeah. as well. Yeah, so uh, I saw it pop up, um, and I've done little challenges like this in the past. So the actual challenge from Cancer Research UK is that there were hundred press ups a day, um, and you you'll you raise money, and the money will go to Cancer Research UK. Um, I've just recently been made an ambassador for the Owen McVeigh Foundation, and thought, you know what, would be an amazing idea. Not so good idea, but anyway, let's not do 100 press ups for Cancer Research UK. Let's do 200 press ups and I'll, I'll, I'll raise money for two charities at the same time. Uh, yeah, we're on day seven now. Is it the seventh today or the eighth? I think it's the seventh. Seventh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm sore, I'm not gonna lie. I've been doing 200 <laughs> press ups, yeah. I'm doing it in blocks of 50. So, I'll get up in the morning and do 50 press ups, then I'll have like the coffee, um, shower. Um, breakfast and then I'll go and do another 50 press ups and then I'll go off and do work I'll try and get another set of 50 in kind of in the middle of work somewhere in, the, in one of these rooms and then I'll go home um, and do another 50 press ups and then have a shower and go to bed so um, and yeah it's tough because I'm also going to the gym kind of like three times a week and I just have to do that on top of the gym so um, but it's great, and the money goes to some amazing, amazing causes, and, and um, yeah, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier where that money's going to. The Old McVeigh Foundation is absolutely phenomenal. Check them out. Yeah, I'll um, I'll make sure I've got all the descriptions in the um, yeah uh, below yeah. just for on uh, YouTube and on the audio as well. Just so you yeah, we should probably talk about football at some point. Well, yeah, I was. I mean, yeah, let's talk about footy then. I was. We've to be honest, time. Got, we've got time. I'm settled in now. I'm comfy. <laughs> I got that. I got that. Um, got that. Um, sidetrack with food and that. I was just yeah. Yeah, got, got a bit sidetracked with the food. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Liverpool then. Yeah, um, I've supported Liverpool um, since I was a child. My dad used to take me to the game. Uh, it was only ever on my birthday. It was my special treat. Do you know what I mean? So from. From a, from a young age, um, yeah, I can't even remember. I, I remember the first game, um, I remember Bruce Grobelar being in goal, but I can't really remember much else about it. We played Man City at home and we beat them 1-0, um, and that's all I remember, really. So if anyone knows what year that was, I can work out how old I was, but I think that was, <laughs> first, I think that was my first game. My dad didn't want to take me when I was too small. And I was quite, quite, quite skinny and, um, and small as a kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I used to go. Yeah, every January we'd go to a game for my birthday, um, and that was it. Really, I obviously before then used to watch the scores coming in, showing me age. Now it used to be on teletext. Do you know what I mean? I remember that. Yeah, you're yeah. younger than me, aren't you? You were like younger than me. You're like, no. What's no, no, I'm, well, I'm 33, <laughs> so I, I, I was just at that age where, like, when I was at eight or seven or eight, where I used yeah. to, like, 302 on the teletext, yeah? Yeah, that's it, yeah. So you watch the scores coming in. <laughs> yeah. um, I used to listen on the radio uh, and then match of the day, obviously. So um, but I used to love it. I had all the, uh, yeah, I had, like, a duvet set. I had all that stuff. I had my footy kit. I was never out of my footy kit. Um, but yeah, so and then and then it, that's where it's grown really. Um, 
I went on eventually when I was at Hope Street Hotel. I was obviously cooking for the for the Liverpool team for four years while I was there. So I got to see the kind of end of the Brendan Rodgers era into the Jurgen Klopp era uh, before I left there to go to Manchester. So that was interesting because that's the first time you're like, you're talking to these guys every day, like they're in there in the morning, making their breakfast for them, afternoon, you see them what they're eating, uh, interacting with them as well. So, um, yeah, you literally bump it into them in, in, in the lifts and stuff. And um, and they, they normally slip you a few tickets as well. They'd only go in the game. And I was like, well, I wasn't, but I'm going now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get off, get in a taxi, get all the way to the game, yeah, and then leg it and try and get back again for evening service. Um, but it was nice, good, enjoy that. Uh, try and get the game. Obviously, with working, like it's pointless me having a season ticket. I'd never get there. I work every Saturday, and most Sundays. So, but I do try and get to a few games a season. Uh, I went to the. Had to go. I went to Napoli. I went to Napoli the other day, and took my little lad. Um, and that was a good game as well. But yeah, obviously, not a great start to the season, but. I'm kind of of the I'm of the uh, I'm of the mindset of I've seen them win everything these last few years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My son's seven and he's seen every trophy come home. Do you know what I mean? I know. It's proper lucky, like, it's taken us years to see all this happen. It's all just happened recently. So I'm kind of like, well, do you know what? If there's a if there's a year or two of transition now, then then so be it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, we could have invested more heavily, um, but but I'm not going to get uppity about it I'm not going to see my arse over it it's it's football at the end of the day and we've seen some amazing we've had what four five years of, of just boss footy do you know what I mean yeah yeah the trophies but not even just the trophies it was how we were playing unbeaten at home for so long and you're just like this is great this is a great time for football and yes it's a shame we've only won one Premier League but you're competing against the greatest club ever in City at the moment. You, you can't deny it. They've got un, like unlimited funds, great manager, yeah, great squads. So to even win the league was that's a super achievement for us to do that. Do you know what I mean? So I'm I'm one of them. I'm like, okay, it's not been the best, but we've seen some awesome football recently. So yeah, let's just not be so um spoiled, shall we? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I think that's so, it, yeah, isn't it? Great win against um, Tottenham the other day um, again how many people thought we'd go and get points away at Spurs after how we've been playing great first half second half I just think they dug in and did what they needed to do edgy wasn't it <laughs> edgy oh, um, yeah the longest right. 45 minutes ever that <laughs> <laughs> I've been there though we've seen some of them in the past um, I always think back to like when people are saying, oh, bloody hell, look at this, kicking, like, they're all moaning about stuff. And I'm like, guys, I was there when we got battered up by Black Blackpool at home. Do you ever remember that under Kenny Dalgleish? And we just got, we just got <laughs> absolutely swatted by Blackpool. And I was just like, this, this, is, a, this is a new low, this. <laughs> and then I've oh, seen yeah. a few games during the Hodgson era, which were just like the worst football I've ever seen us play. It was like like League One footy at Anfield. It was like this is this is sad. This is sad times. This so yeah. Um, but yeah, now I think it's 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 positive, and I just think yeah, uh, I think a few new faces coming in, and, and we'll be all right again. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, they've seen they put this, the club up for sale apparently taking off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's breaking news today, isn't it? So I don't yeah. know what. 
I mean, they've they've worded it. They've worded the statement quite in, in yeah. a way where it's like we're looking, to, not we're like it's not base. It's not basically we're we're gonna sell. It's like oh, we're open to we're open to offers. So yeah. I don't know if that says to me that's there's someone interested. Um, yeah, I think they are. I think there is, and it, and it makes sense. Listen, they bought the club for three hundred million, wasn't it? Yeah. They've invested quite a bit in terms of structure. They have put money in for players. Maybe we would have liked a bit more, but what they've done is create a very viable business. Um, yeah, we're not losing money anymore. We're generating money every year. It's a good, solid football club. Like, um, I'm not their massivist fans, but I'm also not going to slate them too much either. I think what they've done is good. Generally, as a whole, what they've done is good for the club. And in the last five years you've seen the trophies coming in it it, it, it worked <clears throat> and now they're looking to sell for about what 3.5 billion or something some uh, um, some return on the investment isn't it exactly you know? that but it does come down to the fact that these guys are business people that's what they are do you know what I mean so um, and it's sad but that's what football is these days unfortunately yeah uh, I think business to be competing with like you said the cities and whatever it's just it's just that heart because if you spend time on social media like there's loads of like fsg out like yeah. people on twitter and it's just like so who do you want instead and it's like yeah. you don't know the answer to that because it's either you basically we basically wanted an fsg that'll invest money we don't we yeah. don't ideally we don't want to be run by like like a city owner or a newcastle owner because i think it goes against the values of what liverpool is so it's trying to strike that fine balance, like trying to be a viable business, but also trying to put money back into the squad because we, we've yeah. definitely needed it this year. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we fell down. I think what they've done over the last few years, they've exhausted themselves and they've all got older and we've not really invested in that next layer down. The players were breaking through. We've got a big gap between our kind of ageing first-teamers and the youngsters who were breaking through. There's a massive gap in age and there really shouldn't be. Where's all the kind of 24, 25-year-olds or 26-year-olds just about to hit the prime? They're not there. We don't have them. Yeah. So now they're going to have to spend a fortune, whoever comes in next, buying players in their prime or about to hit their prime, which again goes against our model really, doesn't it? So, um, But yeah, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough question and I don't have the answers for that. That's who do we bring in next? It's one of them. We, we, we don't want the... Um, like you said, you don't want those those uh, oil families, should we say, because we're, we're worried about the ethics from the countries they're from, the Qatar, yeah. the Saudi Arabias, but that's where all the money is. And if you want us to compete with the likes of Man City, then, yeah, it, it's one of them, isn't it? We can either be happy with what we've got and, and we've won these trophies, but we're probably not going to see that again with this layer of money, or we go and bring in a, a big investor and we kind of squint our eyes to where the money's coming from and what's happening. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough call, isn't it? What do you want? Yeah. What do you want most from your football club? So, yeah, I certainly don't have the answers, but um, it'd be very interesting to see. It'd be very interesting to see. Yeah, I think it's going to be, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but like, I think it's just mad the way it like, kind of came out, like about half an hour after the um, the draw, we got drawn against Real Madrid, yeah. and half an hour later, FSG. <laughs> I want to statements. They're like, oh fucking hell, Real Madrid again. Swear this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think we can do Real Madrid over two legs. So um, yeah. I do. I'm looking forward to it as well. Everyone's like, oh look, you got Real Madrid. If you're gonna win the Champions League, you've got to beat Real Madrid. That's you know what I mean. Or whoever gets put in front of you, you have to beat them. That's it. Doesn't really matter what order they come in. 
you just have to beat them. So I think I think there's enough. We've got enough in our squad to beat Real Madrid over two over two over two days, over two matches. Um, we just need them to turn up, don't we? Really, yeah. If you can get the best out of them, they'll beat Real Madrid over two, over two matches. Yeah, and I think with the likes of Jota, maybe Jota being back, Diaz being back. If, yeah. the, if, if they want to sign someone in January, if we've got new owners by then, probably not. But you, you yeah. just never know. So it's there's, there's a lot can change between let's like February at the next the, the first leg. So it's fucking it's ages away, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, a long time, a long, a long time. time to wait. Got a, got a World Cup to fit in there somehow. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't looking forward to the World Cup because I thought at the start of the season, I was like, oh, what if Liverpool are just smashing everyone? The World yeah. Cup comes along and then like derails our season. But it's in fact the actual opposite now. Like, bring on the World Cup, get something. Now we really wanted to derail. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Please derail our current form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put us back on the rails. Get us back, yeah, yeah. Shunt us back onto the rails. That'd be good. Derail everyone else. Derail everyone else, please. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boss Dave, that was that was really good. That nice one for um, jumping on. We'll we'll leave it there because I know. Your arm must be aching holding your, your phone as well. So I don't want you to. I know you've been doing impressive. Press up well, arm so. as well. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, but I'm no, really, good. really appreciate it. Dave, if you haven't, if anyone watching or listening hasn't been down to Luban, and I'm, I'm one to say, say anything, I haven't been yet, but I will be going very shortly. And I've seen loads of people saying it's boss. And obviously, Dave's a great fella. His credentials speak for themselves in terms of what he's done and what he's created. So if you're ever in Liverpool, get yourself down to um, to Luban and have, have a boss experience. But And I'll be definitely getting that getting down there um, shortly. It's just, it's just by the Baltic, isn't it? Stanhope. Yeah, so we're actually in the Canes Brewery village. So yeah, we yeah. have to come in to the Canes Brewery village and we're in this beautiful old sandstone building, the old Higgins Brewery building through the... Um, Punch Tommy's Cow Courtyard. So yeah, yeah. head on down and head through this massive Guinness gate to come through there and you'll be trying to transport it into this beautiful restaurant. So uh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Boss, but Dave, really appreciate your um, your time for jumping on and stuff. Really appreciate no, it. It's all right. Love being on. Thanks very much for having me. No worries. I just wanted to, um, if, if you're watching on YouTube, then do like and subscribe. If you're listening on uh, Spotify and all that, then yeah, leave us a rating or a review if you're feeling uh, generous. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Nice one again, Dave. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.